Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Well, good morning. Uh, Hi. It's an awkward start, but I'll take it. It is an awkward start. The uh, time chain's got producer Joe Fish here. I guess. <laughs> you didn't even know there was a time change. Uh, man, honestly, I hadn't even paid attention. And I woke up. I was like, why am I so tired? <laughs> because you lost oh, an hour of sleep. Jeez. Yeah, that's that makes why. total sense now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was in here and was with, with you, and I looked up at the clock, and it was, uh, well, first of all, the computer clock is still wrong because that computer clock is a POS. But it was 7.58, and I was like, oh, that's really close to the show starting. And I looked outside, and I was like, I don't think Joe's car is here. So I called him. He didn't pick up. And then he picked up. And he goes, oh, sorry, I'm coming in now. So uh, I didn't have time to write an update. I literally ran over here. The break was ending. And I was like, ah, where's the open? This is There's just, the open. Press yeah. the button. Okay, we're starting the show. Yeah, I guess that's just when you read headlines from SportsCenter. You can just read whatever the title is. But says, I didn't even have time for that. Yeah, Like, I sat down, and it was like, oh, we should be focusing on the show We starting. should have a show. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're here hey, man. on time. I'll take it. I-, I do feel exhausted this morning. It's The spring forward doesn't always get me. I kind of enjoy it sometimes. I know I'm like one of the rare people that actually still cares about daylight savings time because I enjoy the fact that um, it'll stay bright later, but it'll stay bright early. Like if we don't, if we get rid of it, which they're talking about, I don't know which way it's going to go, but either it's going to be dark super late at one point during the year 
or or vice versa. It's not going to be bright enough or something like that. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you're going to lose waking up at like 730 in the morning with sunshine. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I don't love that thought. But most people are like, ah, just get rid of it. It's an antiquated system that's only for farmers and or, or when they don't even need it anymore. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I it, I like think it. it helps. I think it's a, it's a nice way, like you said, to kind of. You know, know that. Oh, okay, it's going to be lighter now. Or man, it's going to be dark super fast. Like so, I, know I mean, I think it's. I think it's starting a good today. Later on, it'll be lighter, which is nice, right? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be nice if it was nicer and lighter. You know, but I'll I'll definitely take lighter for longer. <laughs> it just means you can hang out longer. Like if you're, especially now that for the most part we have to kind of hang out outside and stuff like. Although the we're fact getting that, close. Yeah, the fact that well, we're getting close. We're definitely getting close. But you know, the fact that even still, I think even I think even as we get closer, I still think there's gonna be so many people that take the take the precaution and just do the whole social distancing and everything like that. Maybe not as often, but I still think it's it's gonna happen. But I honestly don't think we'll ever go back to normal. Oh, I think we will. I I <clears throat> I think so. I mean, look, if if Enough people are vaccinated that you have the herd immunity number that you're looking for. I mean, I think some people might stay that way, sure. But I feel like you're just going to get this landslide after like a couple of months of it being more stuff being available to do. You're just going to get a landslide of people going right back to well, the old habits. Well, the Rangers are, are ready now. Yep. Well, Texas <laughs> is ready now. Texas is ready today. So that's I don't, I don't know if I'm quite ready. Would you go to that game? No. 100% capacity? No way. Yeah. Absolutely not. That seemed really weird. Well, because Texas opened up to 100% capacity. I, Everything. Again, it seems like I, I, I would still, again, if I'm like an owner of a franchise or, you know, general man, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know if I, maybe not 100%, maybe <laughs> maybe 75. There's still a lot of people, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, 65%. I, I think the that's joke a bunch is of that still. can the Rangers even get 100% capacity? Well, on opening day, they will. But beyond that, they're not a very good team. So it's like, haha, hundred percent capacity, but you, no one's going to show up. Do you think, because of COVID and because of everything, like people, the one thing I've heard people say is, "Man, I can't wait to do X." You know, I can't wait to do this. Do you think it's going to make people really appreciate those events more? Like, so if you do live in a place like Seattle and you might not sell out every every night, you know, unless the Yankees or, or something are in town. Like, do you think all of a sudden, man, you're going to see way more people start to come to the games and come to these events just because they know what it's like to be shut out of everything and not be able to participate? I think people are going to, you know, take advantage of that, but I still think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to do the whole social distance thing. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, it really is. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just know for me, mentally, I'm so ready for this to be done. I'm so tired of all of the restrictions that – when I am allowed to do things, I'm going to do them. I think that's just kind of the, the way I view it. Like I, I know some, like my mom, for instance, she's double vaccinated now. She's got the full vaccine, but she's still being very cautious, at least until most people get it right. Whereas some other people in my family have gotten the vaccine and now they've started going a couple other places because, like, oh, you know, I'm vaccinated, I can go do this. And I think it just depends how you view it. You know, how you're how you're how you're viewing the whole pandemic. You know, if, if you are being a little bit more cautious, if you are if you are being a little bit more lenient during the pandemic, it just depends how you're going to act. I feel like I've been pretty cautious, but, you know, still doing some stuff. So I think that's probably how I'll do it. When I get my vaccine, I'll be cautious still, but I'll do the stuff I want to do as long as it feels safe. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to change too much. And I think that once people get that taste 
of freedom, I think you're going to you're going to see most people are going to kind of dive right back in. But I think you will see some people wear masks, you know, permanently. The positive is I haven't gotten sick once this year, like not just from COVID, but like nothing. I haven't had a cold. I didn't get the flu. I got nothing because we've been really, really doing everything we can not to get sick from COVID. So we've not been sick at all. So it's like, I think some people are going to be like, wait, I can just do this stuff and not get sick ever. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty great. So yeah. I think some people might do that too. Yeah. I think some people, you know, definitely might do that, but I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about, you know, how it looks moving forward and, and everything. Cause of course I can't wait to go to a blazer game. I can't wait to, you know, all this. I, I, I very seldom go to Eugene or Corvallis for Ducks or Beavers games. Now, I probably should, you know, just because I'm, I'm, it almost felt like for a minute, like we might not have this again. Like, look, this, they might lose so much money that they might not have football. They might have to cut sports. Like, that was a real thought for a lot of people. So I think it would be pretty, pretty good of, of, of me to, or a lot of people to just start going to some of those things that you might not, not all the time if you don't want to, but, make opportunities to go to those things. So I think that's what I'm going to do after if we, when we indeed do get back to the swing of things, man, I'm, I'm going to be in Eugene for some ducks games. I'm going to be in Corvallis for some Beavs games and maybe not just football, maybe some baseball. I've never seen a Beavers baseball game. So you're going to appreciate it. You're going to appreciate it more. Oh man. I think, I think now you have to, I think people appreciate life more Uh, just, just overall right now. And I don't want to get into this big, you know, kind of, you know, COVID start, but the truth is, man, People have lost a lot of family members. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I, I watching Carl Anthony Towns play last night, and you forget just the the tragedy that that young man has gone through because of you know this pandemic and because of everything. So, you know, it's it's it makes you kind of really appreciate life. As I look at the people on the Willamette, you know, in their boats and just kind of hanging out, like that's what I'm hoping that we can all kind of get back to is just that regular life that we have. We're getting close, dude. Um, man, fingers crossed. We're getting close. Take it. You know. President Biden came out and said that everyone who wants one should be eligible by May 1st. Uh, Kate Brown came out and said she's going to do her best to meet that timeline. So, you know, that accelerates it even more because the last time they put out the guidelines, it was like July 1st for most people who had no underlying conditions and stuff like that uh, and was May 1st for frontline workers. So if it's May 1st for everybody, that's going to accelerate the timeline pretty quickly Yeah, as long as they get enough vaccinations in here. So I... I think we're getting there, man. I think by June, we'll probably be fine. You know, like we as in the collective we will have vaccinations and we'll be able to do some stuff again. That's only a couple months, man. Fingers crossed. That's not so bad. Or we end up like I am legend. I suppose that is a possible. No, it's not a possibility. I mean, (laughs) it's how it started. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Um, All right. So I do want to get to a little COVID, but not in that light. But I talked about this on primetime this week, and I wanted to bring it to you and Joe as well uh, when Joe gets gets in here this morning, is um, now that we're basically done, right, now that we've seen all of the sports do their best during COVID, and now that we're going to get March Madness for the first time, because last year, a year ago, like to the dot, like five days ago, March Madness canceled, NBA canceled, it was the start of it. Who do you think did the best and who do you think did the worst sports-wise handling COVID? Out of all, I mean, you can put whatever sports you want in there. but So we'll get to that on the show. I want to bring that question up because all the sports played, all of them. So who did the best, who did the worst, and uh, what, what, what did you enjoy the most? So we'll get to that. Uh, Blazers' second half is starting. They played two games. They lost to the Suns, and then they beat the T-Wolves yesterday. 
What do you expect from the Blazers in the second half? CJ and Nurk seem fairly close to coming back. CJ a little closer because Nurk, I guess, uh, has a nagging calf injury that he's trying to deal with at the same time, which uh, shocking happened last time. He was also out for an extended period of time. So we'll get to that. And, uh, you know, so much more. I'm with it. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? Anything on top of mind? Uh, man, um, LaMarcus might be coming back. Yeah, we'll talk possibly, about LaMarcus, too. You know, thought about that. But, uh, man, other than that, not really. We can just talk sports. See we got March. We got Selection Sunday today. So I oh. want to gauge your interest in March Madness this year. Oh, you know. I did have something kind of pertaining to that, but not necessarily March Madness. And I wanted to talk about Patrick Chewing. Oh, okay. You know, just to... I'd rather not give any love to Georgetown, but you know what? That's fine. It's it's not necessarily a Georgetown and, thing. And Oregon State also got in their automatic bid to the tournament. Absolutely, Congrat- congratulations to the Beavs. But uh, not for for Ewing, not necessarily a Georgetown thing. So more of a New York thing. Oh, the story from MSG. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that too. All of a sudden, a lot to get to, as Isaac Rupp would say. Right. You know what I mean? So that's, that's so we got that's COVID sports, we got Blazers, we got Lamarcus Aldridge, we got March Madness, and we got Patrick Ewing. How about that? And hated or love it at ten thirty. So you can text us, 503-250-1080. Am I still doing hate it or love it today for you uh, you and Joe? Oh, I guess so, yeah. I forgot about that. That's what's up. That's right. You're doing it, and me and Joe are competing against each other. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. All right, so we'll do that at 1030. Unique hate it or love it. And we'll get to all that stuff. Text us, 503-250-1080, and you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503, and Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. Before we get into basketball, though, I did want to start with that that COVID topic, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. We see it. What sport did the best, in your opinion? Who did the worst? This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 916 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock. Got the unique hated or love it coming up at 1030. I realize you're not going to be able to award us points with the buttons because you don't have any buttons over there. Do these buttons over on this side work? Yeah, I guess you could switch mics. So with we'll me. just switch for, okay. for that part and sure. I'll do the buttons. There you go. That works. I should put that on for you then. There you go. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. I brought this up on primetime earlier this week when I was in for Rob, but I'm fascinated by this question of how people view this. So now that we're getting towards the light at the end of the tunnel, which sports do you think did the best and the worst during the pandemic? So you had basketball was the first to cancel. March Madness canceled completely. Then everybody else, NHL, MLB followed suit. Baseball was the first to come back. NBA and NHL did the bubble. NFL tried to ignore everything and plowed right through it with some protocols. And then college football started at the same time. And now we've had a full college basketball season to go with college football as well. And you can throw in anything else you want. You can throw in soccer. You can throw in tennis and golf and whatever sports you want to talk about. That's fine. But now that we've had a whole year of sports and COVID, who do you think did the most impressive job? It's weird because up until last week, I I would have said the NBA. And I still think I'm going to say the NBA. Um, I think based on their response to COVID and taking all the protocols, daily testing, they gave a blueprint to really how to do things. You see baseball started and it was real weird. 
early cancellations and and stuff like that. So that's kind of how the baseball season started. With the NBA, they only missed one game, and that was due to protest. Not only did the NBA respond to COVID well, but they responded to the social climate as well. And I think that was the thing that kind of put them over the top. was not only were you in the middle of this deadly pandemic, but, you know, you're in the middle of this huge social justice movement that's happening all around you. And instead of saying, you know, yeah, we support our guys, they actually showed that, man, they really support, you know, the team. And, you know, there was no pushback when, well, at least from the league, when they decided they were boycotting that night and decided not to play. Um, but outside of that, like just the the diligence they had as far as making sure guys were tested, making sure there was daily testing and stuff like that, then moving forward and shortening the season, saying, man, we only need to play 72 games. You know, we're going to try to limit back-to-backs and try to limit as much travel as, you know, as we need to. And so this way they can, you know, kind of keep each other uh, safe, man, no – I don't think that this part is working very well, but you know, there's, they're not supposed to shake hands or high fives and, and stuff like that. Like that's mandated, I guess, but that's, how do you, how do you do that? Like that's almost impossible to to do in sports, especially after you've done something good, made a shot at something. So high fiving is definitely going to happen. But I think the NBA has really done the best job of, um, we haven't seen any of their star players at any point get test positive for COVID. I mean, so we haven't seen anybody miss any significant time because uh, they had to be quarantined. I think Jimmy Butler was one, but I don't even know if it was, you know, I think he, it was, they were tracing contact with him and someone else. And so it wasn't even really him and then find out that he was fine. So overall, I think the NBA really responded best to it. And I think they really put some stuff into motion that could probably stick. You look at something like the play-in game, like that's something that came, I don't want to say that was in response to COVID, but that came into response to COVID. That's probably going to stick, you know, moving forward. Um, you're, you're Again, the, the shortened season, man, that's something that's probably going to stick. The way that they sit in there, you know, in the uh, as they're on the sidelines, and, you know, that's something that's probably going to stick around for a little bit. Maybe for a little bit. But I, once fans come back, all that space is going to go away. I think that's the, that's the thing. I, I, th- think, I think they'll end up kind of making, you know, making some adjustments for that, but I still think it's going to be somewhere around that. I think you just found out there are certain things you can do um, just like us in our own personal lives. Like zoom wasn't a thing for a lot of people prior to uh, prior to this pandemic. Now everybody has a zoom account. Everybody has to have that. So it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, you just kind of got used to, but I think the NBA was really the one that responded best. Everybody else has had some type of issue at some point. Hockey, I don't think it's enough credit because well, they gonna, also did. They also did the bubble. I so. was going to say my answer for this is hockey, yeah. and, it's, and it's not because of the bubble, which they both they did with the NBA, and they both went well. Um, what hockey did in part was they closed the border first of all, so the Canadian teams are only playing the Canadian teams this year, and both bubbles were in Canada where COVID was being handled a little bit better last year. But the change is that the NBA did great with the bubble, but this season, the NBA is just playing like a normal season, just shorter, right? And they changed the schedule around a little bit. The NHL changed the divisions this year so that teams only played teams regionally close to them. So I'm a Devils fan, for example. The Devils are playing in a division with seven other teams that are in like three other states. Right. So they're not traveling that much. Now, it didn't stop the Devils from having a huge COVID outbreak. They were one of the big teams to have it this year in hockey. But I think generally that was a very smart idea so that you're eliminating as much travel and as much intermixing as possible. You're keeping it in this little eight-team pod. Um, So because they did the bubble well and because I think they made the correct changes this regular season, I'm going to give NHL the nod 
we're doing the best during COVID. But basketball is close second for me. Yeah, no, I think basketball did a great job. But I was going to say, like, I think the NHL, and maybe it's because here in Oregon, we don't really follow hockey like that, you know. And I, I, obviously, we, we, you know, we have our Winter Hawks and, you know, Go Hawks. But for the most part, in Oregon, Portland, we don't really do as great a job as far as following hockey. So I think NHL, for their bubble, it just kind of went through the cracks. And, you know, people was like, oh, there's an NHL, se- NHL season. Oh, they played a Stanley Cup. Okay, cool. And, you know, that was pretty much pretty much it. But, yeah, I don't think they got enough credit. They definitely did better than everybody else. And we'll say, and we'll say that between basketball and hockey – uh, they handled it best. Baseball was kind of, you know, was was weird and choppy at first. I think they finished pretty well at. Uh, after well, baseball everything. had the fight between the CBA and the yeah and the the league, so they were trying to get started and they kept arguing with each other and not games, coming to terms. Games, yeah, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. So because of that, baseball doesn't get a lot of credit, and they shouldn't. Um, they did finish their season, but then baseball also had Justin Turner the third baseman for the Dodgers walk onto the field after testing positive for COVID to celebrate the world series maskless with his teammates. So sure. Baseball finished, but they had a lot but of issues. The way it finished was also like, uh, I think, and you know what? That really overshadowed the fact that they, the Dodgers just won the world series. Yeah. It was kind of like, yes, the Dodgers finally, finally Kershaw on the Dodgers, you know, get it, get over the hump and do it. And, but the headline the next day is how selfish, you know, for going out there without your mask. So it was one of those things. But, yeah, baseball just kind of they didn't do they didn't do a great job. The NFL was really it was the, the NFL felt like the biggest money grab of all of them. The NFL, all things considered, actually did well. They did. Um, but boy, did they just steamroll through that. They had the protocols. Remember, in the very beginning of the season, the players were unhappy with the protocols. And they were going to fight. And then the NFL was like, okay, fine. Well, we'll make them a little bit stricter. I mean, you had outbreaks, right? The the one that's most memorable to me was the Ravens-Steelers game, which was supposed to be Thanksgiving, getting pushed a full six days later to Wednesday on the following week, um, which kind of was cool to see a good, and a, a yeah, good and a but... bad thing. It was cool because they got the game in, but it was like, man, you guys are really willing just to keep pushing this one day at a time because there's like just – postpone the game like <laughs> it seemed like this weird border of like hey they're really trying and also like hey they're really really trying just to get this game played when they can just postpone it and be safer but it, it, i think it turns out also a lot of the studies have shown that there's not a lot of on the field on the court spread you know there's in the locker room spread for sure because you're in enclosed spaces but there hasn't been a lot tied to guys catching it from other teams on on a, a playing surface yeah right i mean there's been thoughts that maybe it's happened, but generally speaking, there hasn't been a lot of like the teams that caught COVID in the NFL and then they had to go contact trace the other team. The other team never got it right. There wasn't, it wasn't connected to the team that had it. Um, not saying that it's not happened, not saying that in some sports it's easier to have that happen than others. Um, I know for sure the, in the NHL, for example, again, with my team, the devils, they had a player with COVID play a game against the Sabres. And then the Sabres also went on the COVID list. And went went on pause, but I don't know if that was purely out of contact tracing or because someone on the Sabres also got COVID. So, I mean, it could have happened in hockey, but generally speaking, and that's why a lot of the high school football people have been wanting high school football is that there hasn't been a lot of proof showing that there's been spread on on the playing surface. So that's Mm -hmm. good, at least. No, yeah, it's 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 really good. And so and that was I guess that was really a, a good thing is, again, not a lot of players, you know, that that we know of 
came uh, for all the players at a National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball. All we didn't really hear of a whole whole lot of them going down with with COVID. You know, and so that was kind of that was a, a, a good thing for me. Just Sometimes that was just them not announcing who had it, but it could it could have been. But other times, I mean, we yeah. didn't really see any anybody, um, especially anybody of note, like miss any significant time because of Cam Newton. But is Cam really of note anymore? I mean, he is. But this was that was in the preseason too, you know, before the season he got COVID, right? Sam Wentford, uh, at least you know a couple of Yankee players got COVID before the season restarted. But it wasn't during the season. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it would have been a big deal if a big, big, big name got it. It always is. Like, when it's just, you know, the the second string, third baseman, like, you know, people don't tend to care as much. You know, that's something you kind of skip on your Bleachy Report or on your ESPN notification. But when it's a it's a star, that that's going to raise some eyebrows. And so, luckily, we didn't see a lot of, of that from, from really any of the major sports. So, it was... I was just happy to see sports. I think all of us, like, with everything, as, as weird as it looked, with no fans and everything, it was just good to see him play. And I realized that, man, I, I don't really need to see fans at the game. I'm fine with that. You know, the, the Blazers have been pretty, I mean, when they win, they're okay to watch without the fans. Uh, when I was watching football, I didn't even notice that there, was, that there wasn't fans there. I don't know, did you guys notice? I didn't notice it. I didn't notice I didn't, it all. I didn't notice it all. Like, it was I, just kind of one of those things. You know what I, I remember I told you this on the show, I think, months ago at this point, where I was playing MLB the show on PlayStation, and there were fans in the stands, and I was like, that looks strange. That's weird. Because I'd gotten so used to no fans in the stands. Although I will say, one thing we have learned is that the fans do make a difference. Because there is, especially, like, we've seen home records go down significantly, uh, because there's no home field advantage of the fans. And we've also just, in big energy moments, you do notice it. You know where it matters most? It's been college basketball. Yeah. You look around, you look at all the blue bloods of college basketball, and they're terrible <laughs> this year. Honestly, because, man, when going into uh, Cameron Indoor, like, that's a that's a vibe. That's an experience. Then everybody's going crazy. And, yes, you that home court of yours is a big deal. And so really not having those fans there to go crazy for you and do – I really think college basketball and football benefit from fans more than anybody else. Obviously, it's still kids, and kids are affected. You know, some kids are affected – by the elements you know so not so much in nfl and nba you know but in college i think that really really matters and it makes up the part of the aesthetic that's why we kind of love college is because the cameron crazies and stuff like that so you have them putting their hands out and guys are absolutely doing the, when they're doing their free throws stuff yeah. like that's a big deal for a lot of people and so not being able to have that i think it really hurt a lot of those uh traditionally powerful college teams all right, well, let's use that as a transition then because I did want to bring this up at some point on the show today. Selection Sunday is today for the NCAA tournament. We have now been to a full year without NCAA tournament basketball, right? Or I guess two full years, right, since the last one ended? Yeah. So I'm curious, again, to gauge your you guys' your, your interest on March Madness this year. There's no office parties, right? There's very few office pools, but it's still something that's usually very fun. And it causes a lot of upsets and storylines. So I want to gauge your interest on uh, on March Madness and text in your thoughts, 503-250-1080. Plus a little love for the Bees, who won the Pac-12 tournament yesterday to get an automatic bid in a season they were predicted to finish last in the Pac-12. We'll get to all of that. But first, Joe's in the house, and he has sports. <laughs> Weekends were made for sports. 
This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-four here on your Sunday morning. Reminder to you, Joe. Uh, today is going to be the Rashad hate it or love it, and it's going to be me against you. I forgot, and he reminded me. He's very excited about it. I am. I really am. You got some good ones. I think I got a couple. Uh, or did you pull me, ones. and you haven't even started it yet? And oh, I started last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think. And I- we're going to switch seats, so he has control over the positive and negative sound buttons over here. You know, I was thinking that it would have been interesting if he didn't have the point button, and he just, you know, was making marks and tallies on his own little piece of paper, and we just didn't even know what his points were oh, until okay. the very end. We could do I was, that too. I was thinking that I think was... Rashad like wants to press the button. I think that's part <laughs> of the joy the of this. People are going to guess what? Guys are going to lose points today. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Looking at you, Joe. No. You're going the negative system. Whoever has uh, We're gonna less start negative with, points yeah. wins. Everybody's going to start with negative three and ah, work their way up from there. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's going to be like around the horn. There, I have a. You get the instant negatives. There's a teacher I know at a school that will remain nameless that uh, starts the way they grade is they start all their students start with an F Whoa. and work their way up. Yeah. Right. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And I, I get it, you know, but eh, that seems weird because if I'm a kid, I'm already got anxiety based on that. If, you know, especially if I'm a great student or even a good student, like I'm, I'm looking at that and I've already got some type of anxiety. about. Yeah. It. So that's um, a little Amanda who's had a 4.0, her whole high school career is hyperventilating every day coming into class. Yeah. That's freaking out. That's a little attacks. crazy and backwards, but I mean, to each their own. That I feel like that would not work for you. Everyone starts at an F. That means uh, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. That, I don't that, like it either. That's so. someone on a power trip, right? Yeah, there. it's like, <laughs> and that means that means okay. So here's the difference, right? To me, if you have an F, you failed. Yes, that means that people are all starting as failures. Like you should probably start at a C, which is the average or grade, and either go with, up, up or down from there. Or don't start with anything and let their work be the gauge of where their grade. Also, should be. yeah, true. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a much better idea. Like that's the. And we're not going to talk about education. Shout out to my, all my educators out there that are doing it the right way. You know, especially in this whole remote setting. I know everybody's kind of itching to go back to school, but there needs to be some type of consistency across the board, and that's the reason that everything is always so messed up. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Uh, so today is Selection Sunday. Did you know that? Can I be honest with you? You didn't know it. I did not know that. I've, I haven't <laughs> seen one college basketball game this year. And I know Oregon and Oregon State played each other the other night. Have not seen one game. Again, college without the fans, it's just not as fun. Well, and also college basketball is not your favorite sport. It's not a go-to for you. So, um, Not you know, really. Understood. I'm curious, and you guys can text in as well, 503-250-1080. It's been two full years now since you've last had a March Madness, right? And most people are working from home. Not a lot of people have people in the office. So office pools, office bracket challenges are going to be not as frequent. Are you going to watch March Madness like you normally watched March Madness? And the answer for me is probably yes, because I am a big March Madness guy. I... I am a college basketball fan, although the last few years that's turned into I'm a Syracuse fan because the product of the quality of the product is not very good. But generally, I enjoy the sport, especially in March Madness. Uh, I will not be obviously doing an office bracket because, well, there's nobody in the office. But I'll probably fill one out on ESPN just to follow along and have something to root for. 
But I think I'm more of a, a unique breed in the sense that I like the sport a lot. I'm curious if if uh, people who are casual college basketball fans are going to watch the tournament in the same way. Is it kind of like a, oh, wow, we can finally get a tournament again? We're so close to this being over, and and hopefully, you know, it's 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 going to go well, right? I guess there's still risks for that. There were teams who had to leave their conference tournaments this week because of COVID. So, I mean, that could still obviously happen during the NCAA tournament as well. But is it something where it's like a, a breath of fresh air to have it, where it kind of feels like you can kind of reset a little bit? Or are you just so far gone from watching and paying, att- paying attention to college hoops uh, you know, that you're just not going to throw it on at all? You know, for me, it's going to be as as we get closer and closer towards the end of the tournament. I think that's when I'll be more and more um, – kind of excited to watch it because by that time you're 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 getting the best teams or what are what are considered you know the best teams so i think once you get to once i get to that point it'll be better but you know it's simple stuff like the tournament starting on a thursday and you know that <laughs> that's the day that guys typically get that vasectomy you know because it's an outpatient you know surgery and you can miss a couple days and and everything like that but now there's no reason to really do all that because a lot of people are working remotely and working from home Still, you know, up until we get really ready to go back to stuff. But I'm sure you've got some really big, uh, re- really like do-gooders, really big do-gooders in the office who are going to still do a bracket challenge virtually. Mm-hmm. But I think so much of a bracket challenge in the office is the like when you're at work talking about your brackets with everybody and like comparing it and really like kind of rallying around certain games because, you know, there's games all day long. So if you're at work, maybe there's a TV in the kitchen or something, and you can all go watch the end of a good game and cheer for your brackets. Like that camaraderie part is going to be gone for a yeah. lot of the casual people. Yeah. So I think that's gonna that's gonna hurt. Yeah. As well. You know, like I mean, looking at each other's brackets or placing, you know, whatever bets that we may have, you know, personally or you know whatever on those, like those things matter. You know, and not being able to do that, like that water cooler talk. That part, which I think was really the most important part of the brackets, you know, it wasn't so much just doing them, but then you post them in that place where you see everybody else's and you're constantly looking at where yours is in comparison to the like that part is to me the fun part. That's the reason I'm going to watch Yale versus, you know, Colgate or whatever. Just I mean, would never watch that game otherwise, probably. But, you know, because I've got Colgate in that game, yeah, I'm going to watch that. And they got Yale, so, man, I'm going to check that one out tomorrow so I can text them. It's like, ah, looks like I'll, you know, but that part is is kind of gone. So, I don't know. I think people will still enjoy it because it is still sports. There is still, like, a pageantry behind March Madness. I'm just curious of how, you know, different that looks. Because, again, the the fans make college basketball. And without the fans in certain instances, I don't, I don't know how much, like, the championships and Final Four and all that stuff really work. Well, this, uh, this text – is a good point, I think, for those locally here. Oregon State, Oregon, and Gonzaga, and maybe Colorado are all getting in. Uh, he says, I'm way in on March Madness. There's a lot of local teams that are going to be in it this year, um, or you know, a lot of regional teams, I should say. And Oregon State would not have made the tournament if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament, right? So they won the Pac-12 tournament yesterday. First time they've ever won a Pac-12 tournament, by the way. And they're in the tournament automatically. They got the automatic bid. Oregon was good enough to make the tournament as well. Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. So if you like the regional teams here, you got a lot to root for, which is good. So I think people in Oregon who are sports fans uh, are going to watch March Madness to watch the Beavs, the Ducks, and the Zogs. No, of course. So I think that'll be beneficial. Yeah, no, of course. Like, you know, right now you're you're, you're pulling for home team. And uh, the good thing about college basketball is there is a lot of that's 
regional, like college basketball and football. Like that's what it is. And so this is their opportunity to really cheer on, you know, their squads or their, their town. So, I mean, I think people are excited to see that, especially if you're, you know, Oregon, Oregon state, because it looks like Oregon state could actually do something this year. Well, we'll see quite possibly, you know, we'll see, you know, but look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be honest with all the listeners too. watching Oregon state in the Pac-12 tournament was the first time I watched them all year. I, I have not watched a lot of college basketball outside of Syracuse this year. I think I've talked about that before. I just haven't. It just hasn't been hitting me. So I've watched I watched a couple of the games in the Pac-12 tournament for the Beavs. They're playing really well together. A lot of high energy, um, hitting big shots when they need to. There's there's just there's a togetherness to the team that's huge. So credit to Wayne Tinkle for that for sure as the head coach. But when you are a team that is predicted to finish last in your conference, and finishes about 500 in your conference and goes on and wins through the, through the tournament the entire way. Uh, I'm not so sure you're going to do super great in the NCAA tournament unless, unless like the game was tomorrow or, or, or Tuesday, I guess they could be in the first four, but I, I doubt it. Um, tomorrow or Tuesday, the momentum is going to start to fade a little bit. Cause remember they're, you're playing every yeah. single day in the Pac-12 tournament, especially when you start in the earlier rounds. So the Beavs did not play in the very first round. They played in the second round against UCLA was their first game. Um, it's it's easy to kind of keep the momentum going, and then it stops. So although the Beavs had a great run there, I'm not so sure they're going to get more than one win if that's the case in the tournament. That's all. That could be completely wrong. You know, like I said, I've only watched the games in the tournament. I didn't watch a lot of Beavs basketball this year. So I, I could be mislabeling the team from what I've seen. There's some good there, but you know, your record still shows who you are, right? You can certainly improve over the course of the year, but if you're close to a 500 team, you're a 500 team. I'm going to defer to you on that one then, because you watched, if you watched them in the tournament, that means you watched three or four more Beavers games than I have. And Eastern Washington apparently is going to be in the tournament as well. So another Northwest team that's going to be in it. So there's a lot of local regional angles that you can, you can get when you're, when you're watching the tournament this, this next week. So that's good. At least I will say that uh, the Beavers are definitely pretty lucky to make it because I did catch some of their game against UCLA and uh, the first game in the tournament. Oh, and the they, foul calls. Yeah. But in the <laughs> first half, I want to say there was like two and a half, three minutes left and they had only 16 points in the first half mm-hmm. at that point. They were able to close the gap, close it to 10, and then they made it come back in the second half. So, like, just from watching that one, I was like, seeing the highlights that they won last night. I didn't watch any of it myself, but I was just like, damn, they're they're lucky because it was not looking good on Friday for them against UCLA, or Thursday, rather. Hmm. This text is also a fair point. We'll end it on this one. The fact that a lot of Blue Bloods aren't going to be in the tournament this year might hurt it a lot. Like, Duke's out of the tournament. Michigan State's on the bubble. Kentucky's not going to be in the tournament. Um, North Carolina is probably in, but they're not very good this year. So it's, there's a lot of those top, top, top teams that create storylines that just had bad years. Yeah. People want to say all they, you know, I, I hate this team and I hate this team and I can't stand Duke, but you see how important they are. You know, you, you, you've got to want, well, you want to see the giant go down and if they're not around, then, you know, I don't want to see a bunch of, you know, welterweights beat up on each other. And that's pretty much what it is without the heavyweights like Duke and North Carolina and some of those other ones in there. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, do you want to get into the Blazers here? Actually, sure. Rashad has a bit of a, a bit of a hot take. No, I ain't going to like it. Uh, no one's going to like it. And uh, we'll do that next. And then we'll get into the Blazers' second half of the season in the second hour. This is Sports Sunday. I'm a fan. Weekend sports with a difference. 
This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 948 here on your Sunday morning. Hopefully your spring forward didn't make you too tired. I'm feeling it this year. Some years I feel it less. I'm feeling it this year for sure. Oh, it, it's, it was definitely harder. Yes. <laughs> Waking up today. I even tried to go to sleep earlier last night knowing it was coming. I went to sleep at like 11. I was like, okay. It'll be like I'm going to sleep at midnight and I'll still get my normal amount of sleep. No, <laughs> it did not help. It you know, did not help. I, I feel like for some reason I've made up for my lost hour. Not sure why. <laughs> you look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, today. you look really, uh, really, really awake right now. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I uh, didn't seem to lose that hour. Seemed to just break even. <laughs> I, was, I was sorry, Joe. It was funny because when you did, you weren't here and I was like, okay, probably because of the lost hour, but I went, no, because cell phones change. Yeah. And if you set your alarm, it changes. It doesn't matter. So I was like, how did that happen? I wish I had a legitimate excuse. I don't. Hmm. <laughs> I just don't. Sometimes be like that. I appreciate your honesty. That is better than like making up some sort of crazy story. I've been getting risky. You know, normally I'm the three alarm setter on the phone. And the last couple of times, it's just been the one alarm for the one time on my phone. And that was the case today. And I just did not flip that switch over to on. Mm. You know, that that's the important part. You can set the time. You can do all that, but if you don't press the on button, as you want. But yeah, if it's not on, it doesn't doesn't do a lot of good for you. Now did I it. did I wake you up with my phone call, or were you awake? Yeah, you woke me up with that because <laughs> I called him like a minute before the show was starting. Like, that's I was not my alarm sound. I was in here and uh, I was I was talking to Rashad. I was like, "Is is Joe coming?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'll probably be here." And yeah, I went Joe and peek, be here. I peeked outside. It was like seven fifty eight or eight fifty eight. I peeked outside and. I was like, I don't see his car. I called you, you didn't answer, and I was like, well, guess I'm going in the other room. And I was like, oh, I don't have an update, so I'm just going to start the show. <laughs> and uh, okay, here we go. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there. Just uh, luckily for me, I, I haven't had too many. Actually, I don't think I've done that on the show, have I? Have I ever overslept for this show? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. But let's just say yes to make me feel better. Did you have you overslept, Rashad? Like once, I think maybe. I've been sick. Yeah. I don't know if I've. I don't think I've over overslept. Like I've. I think Let's I've hit just you like, say yes. To yes, make but me but feel for <laughs> the sake of my guy Joe, hell yeah, I've overslept. What? There have been mornings where I've woken up super late and been like, oh god. Truth is, I get up early on the. I don't understand, but my like internal clock on the weekends just won't let me sleep past a certain time. So I'm just usually up like right around eight o'clock or something. Man, like makes that sense. Today, so makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Rashad, I want you to bring this to the table. Last week, two weeks ago, I, I forget know. what it was. You know, you were you were jocking on Chris Paul pretty well. And you've got facts and stats to back up your opinions now. Unfortunately, I do. So his his opinion was Chris Paul is a better leader than Damian Lillard, which Chris I believe is not true. But um, now you've got more ammo to continue fighting your good fight. And I don't want this to be a thing. I'm not knocking on Dame. I said Chris Paul is the best leader in the NBA. I didn't just say Damian Lillard. Let's be, I want to be really, really clear about that. The this general is, thought, this, and yeah, this is not just in Portland, but this is nationally, is that Damian Lillard is the best leader in all of sports. I don't know who said that because Tom Lots of Brady has just won his seventh Super Bowl and another one with a different team. So I'm not sure who's saying that stuff. LeBron James is winning championships every team he goes to, but Dame is the best leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh? 
What Portland person wrote that? It wasn't. It was national. It had to have been a Portland person. Because, it wasn't. Yeah, there's no. Okay, listen. I love Damian. <laughs> you're coming Miller, across as haterade right that's, now. That's what it always said. Because whenever, whenever you're <laughs> H2O, bro, this is water. <laughs> man, I'm, so whenever you. Haterade. H2O, man. Like, I'm trying to tell you, this water is real. Water sucks. It so, really, really sucks. I'm trying to tell you that what people don't understand. And I, understand, and I get, like, we love our Blazers. We love our home team. It's not just a Portland thing. Like, if you're in Indiana right now, people are seeing that uh, Malcolm Brogdon wasn't named an all-star. Like, you know what I mean? There were people really, really angry about that, the way people were angry that Dame wasn't a starter. So I, I get it. Every franchise man has love for their guys. I love my guys. I watch them all the time. But that doesn't mean I can't be objective and I can't be honest. And that's the thing. We got to be honest about what it is and what we have. Damian Lillard is a great leader. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that. Chris Paul is the best leader in the NBA, okay. not named LeBron James. Prove it. Absolutely, I will. Everywhere Chris Paul goes, he just he, he wins. Now, does he get to the finals? Does he get to the champ? No, I mean, unfortunately, you got to have a lot of rounds you do that. But every team he goes to, he wins. OKC was supposed to be dead in the water last year. No Westbrook. You know, they lost their second superstar. Paul George is gone. They're supposed to be dead in the water. Chris Paul took that young team, put him in the playoffs, and actually had a higher seed than the Blazers did, didn't they, last year? Pretty sure we competed. We were in the ninth spot. We were competing for eighth last year. So, OKC were they were they in the playoffs? I last don't year? think they were in the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah, they were definitely like either the four or five seed. Were they last year? Yes, they were. When they took on, I'm pretty sure they took on the Rockets. In yes, that they first were. Round. Man, because because Shea Gilt. Uh, uh, Boy, I don't remember the bumble, bubble Shea Gilt, very well. Alexander, I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. He was he was amazing during that playoff uh, series. Uh, rewind for that man. He was in Houston, and while he was oh he's terrible in Houston, he had some of the best numbers of his career in Houston. And had he not got hurt in game six, Houston might have gone to the NBA Finals that year. Just saying that. Now fast forward. The Phoenix Suns were one of the worst teams in the league. And they were competing uh, to get that eighth spot in the bubble, but they just fell a little short. But nobody played better. They didn't lose a game. They didn't. Nobody played better than Devin Booker going into that series. So all they needed was one extra piece. Chris Paul, who's been in the league now for 20 seasons, count them, 20 NBA seasons, Man came in there and did everything he was supposed to do, and it was wait hold on, no I'm sorry he's this is Chris Paul what, sixteenth year, fifteenth oh, year <laughs> somewhere around. You said there. like I know off the top of my head like I have that. no Excuse idea. Me, not twenty, but damn near twenty seasons. He's clearly the veteran on the team. What do you know? The Phoenix Suns are in the, what a top four seed yep. right now, top four seed I in the Western Conference. Seed. Yeah. Who would who would you would have been able to tell you the Phoenix Suns were that good? Now Dame is a great leader. But how many great seasons would uh, the four seed or better have we had with Damian Lillard? I can tell you one, one, yeah, just one. And I, it was a great season. He was and first you, team all but NBA. But you lost to the uh, Pelicans in the first. But round. you lost to the Pelicans. Well, we got scraped by the Pelicans yeah. in the first round. Chris Paul playing Damian Lillard one on one. If you didn't see the game the other night, he 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 owns Damian Lillard. Well, one one thing I'd like to throw out there as a thought. Now this does not include the OKC year last year, but. Chris Paul generally has had another great player next to him. Like Chris Paul with Devin Booker is a great duo. Right. Right. Um, Chris Paul with James Harden was a great duo. You know, you go go back through. You know, generally, he's had a great player with him. Would you call Blake Griffin uh, a great player at that point? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. That's for sure. But Dame has had CJ. Had but LaMarcus for this first Four years of his career. Yeah, but okay. First couple Three first years. couple yeah. years, Dame wasn't in the same realm yet. But if you want to include that, go for it. Um 
Dame has done more with less. Chris Paul has done great with good teams. His okay now last year with OKC was fantastic, right? I can that's a great party argument, right? OKC was supposed to be terrible. He goes there, might even be bought out. He doesn't even want to be there, and all of a sudden they're a playoff team, right? Like that's all the credit to Chris Paul for that one for sure. But generally speaking, Chris Paul has had great teammates. Just to be fair. But you are correct. Chris Paul has also made teams better. Yeah. No, I I just the, the way he doesn't everybody says he's hard to play with. And I get it, but Brady's hard to play with. You win. Peyton Manning was hard to play with. You win. Hmm. Jordan was hard to play with. You won twice. You win. I mean, you win, though. Like, you just go, most guys just want to win once. You play to win the game. And hello. And most guys just want to win once. And, the, yeah, these guys are going to be hard on you. They're going to be demanding, but you're going to win. And I think that's the thing about Chris Paul. Now, as far as head-to-head with Damian Lillard, they've played 30 regular season games. Chris Paul is 22-8 and eight against Damian Lillard in those games. Of the last 10 games that they have, and I already see Texas starting to come in, and I, and, and I get it. Of the last 10 games that they played, and that includes games with Houston that Chris Paul's had, OKC, and the Suns, Chris Paul is 7-3 and three in those last 10 games. So you're talking about somebody, man, owning a series, and, and like Damian Lillard can't, I'm not, he just, he can't figure out this Chris well, Paul okay, thing. Okay, so you know what's reason. funny, or at least interesting to me, is I watched the full Suns game. I actually did not get to see yesterday's game, but I, I watched the entire Suns game. It didn't seem like Chris Paul was the reason the Suns won. It didn't seem like Chris Paul was causing Lillard any issues. You know, like Devin Booker got 35 points in the game. Dame had 30 points in the game. He did. Uh, Should have had more, and if he had gotten five more, I would have won my bet, you jerk. But he played well. Oftentimes, at least recently, and maybe, maybe when he was with the Clippers, it was a little bit different. I don't feel like Chris Paul and Lillard affect each other that much, which is why you say, okay, sure, he's seven and three in his last ten. How much of that is Chris Paul, and is it ju- or is it just? I can tell you, you know, I can tell you, luck of the draw. So last game it was Chris Paul. You know, obviously you said mentioned Dame's uh, thirty-seven and eight. Chris Paul five, uh, nineteen five and seven. Clearly, you know, better there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the game against the Thunder. Oh, the last game Chris Paul had two points. Dame had. 24 points, but the th- but uh, the Suns won by 32 points. Mm, that, was that, big, that was the big loss, blowout so. game. So that one was, you know, kind of canceled that one. Um, so for the most part, like their head-to-head numbers, this is just per game. This includes the last game. it got to be pretty similar, right? Dame averages 21.5. Chris Paul averages 21.8. Dame averages 4.4 rebounds. Chris Paul averages 4.5. Dame averages 5.9 assists. Dame, or Chris Paul averages 8.9. Steals. 0.8 for Dame, 1.9 for Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Just across the board, just a more production. So again, I'm not going to say Chris Paul that's is That's basically the same stats though. That's that's it's it's the, it's the same stats, but the wins are the thing that do it. At the end of the day, like when you look at 30 games and Dame as great as he is, only has, you know, eight wins against this one particular player. This one guy, Westbrook can't hang with Dame anymore. We've we've established that much at this time. Any other point guard for the most even Steph even Steph, like, man, Steph will have great games against Dame, but he can't guard Dame. There's nothing you can do with Damian Lillard. You know, so, but Chris Paul is the one guy that, for whatever reason, man, he just cannot master and can't figure it out. So, shout out to the, to the man, the point guard, Chris, Gall, Chris Paul, because he's real. And if you, anytime you, you know, you, you got a guy like Damian Lillard on, on skates and, you know, kind of figure out what's what, man, you're a hell of a player. All right. 
Got to get to hour two here. We're going to get into the Blazers' second half and also talk a little Marcus Aldridge before the 10.30 Hit It or Love It Rashad edition. Uh-huh. That'll be coming up next hour. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan.